Hey friends! Today I'm speaking with Sarah Harris. She's a writer and a storyteller who's lived with severe eczema for most her life. She serves as the Director of Brand Communications for Gladskin, which is a skin health brand on a mission to improve quality of life for millions of people living with inflammatory skin conditions like eczema. She is an active member of the community and has led workshops for patients and caregivers at the National Eczema Association's annual conference. She has extensively written about eczema and dermatology for many publications, and I thought it could be useful for you to hear what she's done with her experiences as a person with eczema and looking back what she wishes her parents had known while caring for her. Let's dig into today's episode. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. Sarah, welcome to Eczema Kids. Hi there. It's so nice to be here. We know you've been a lifelong eczema sufferer. So just take us back to the beginning. What was that experience with eczema like as a child? Yeah, absolutely. So I developed eczema when I was about three and it came after um, an onset of allergies and asthma that happened really suddenly. And the eczema was kind of sneaky. It's sort of started small and then it kind of bloomed, you know, across, across the skin as it does. And even I don't remember these really early moments, but they're informed by what my parents tell me. Um, you know, I think it, it became really a quest for our family, particularly my mother to find something or anything that would help. And so I grew up in Dallas, Texas in the nineties. Um, and we must have seen dozens and dozens of doctors um, locally. And we even traveled. We went to Johns Hopkins. I went to Oregon Health and Science University uh, to spend a week in the hospital under the care of um, John Hannafin, who's a, a renowned eczema scholar. He actually codified the diagnostic criteria for eczema. And we also looked beyond you know, conventional Western medicine. We tried homeopathy. We tried... Um, we tried hypnotherapy, actually. I went to a hypnotist and he would record these like tapes, uh, you know, to get me to sleep or to stop scratching. Um, I went to, um, we tried, uh, acupuncture, we tried Ayurveda. So, you know, like many, um, families, um, dealing with eczema, we were really, really on a journey and it's absolutely been a journey that's shaped, you know, who I've, who I've become and and now what I'm doing in my career. Absolutely. 
And yeah, thankfully, yeah, you're putting all of that pain to good use because we all need your experience, need your expertise. As a mom, we just so identify with your mom's plight too, just trying to find something that's was triggering this. Like, why is this happening? Is there something that now that you've been through this whole life and you can have a better perspective as far as the research component goes, is there something that you wish your parents knew while they were caring for you? Like, was there something that they were overlooking? I think the eczema landscape has changed a lot since I was a young child. And, you know, my parents, um, I think they did a tremendous job. I think they, like many parents, were really committed to finding something that worked. They, you know, were turning over heaven and earth, right, in in pursuit of something. Um, Back then, we you know, we really only had a limited number of options, you know, you know, when you look at it through a conventional Western medicine lens, right? Light therapy, corticosteroids, wet wraps. We did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, We also looked, um, you know, further afield to more alternative treatments. I think one thing that I wish we really had had back then was, well, it was the pre-internet age, right? For a lot of my eczema journey. And so, um, my mother, I, I remember her getting a, a newsletter from um, some allergy organization. But what I, what we didn't know about, and what would have really, really helped us, I think, is knowing about the National Eczema Association, which I've discovered in um, as an adult. But it's a tremendous resource for parents and for families. Um, they have all kinds of information, webinars, um, you know, they're always sharing um, the latest and greatest. They they have um, a lot of materials on caring and coping and also lifestyle, you know, what to do at school, what to do, um, you know, how can your child um, lead a full life with eczema? I think that's something my parents did really well. And, um, and I think it's something I want to remind parents is that, um, you know, it's very easy when your child is struggling to coddle them and to try and control every aspect of their environment. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, and you know this, right? They're kids and they want to do stuff. And so sometimes you have to make some really hard choices about like, okay, do I let them do this thing? I know they're going to flare, but it's a great experience. You know, can we can we go camping? Can we do this family outing? Can we eat at this restaurant? I mean, those are tough choices, but um, I think my parents often erred on the you know, in the direction of, of giving me as many experiences as they could. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really balanced. And and that is that <laughs> the everyday is like, yeah, is it going to be worth, worth what comes after this? And so I, I have a hard time sometimes staying in the moment and, and enjoying and being present when I know what I'm going to encounter later if we go out for pizza or something like that. It's it's a really good reminder. And thank you for saying that. It's yeah. I mean, uh, by the same token, I also think something that really would have helped us is um, having a greater awareness of accommodation. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had been able to think about and, and access, right. If we'd been able to think about eczema, perhaps even through the lens of, of disability, Um, because I think there were moments, you know, I really wanted to be having experiences and I was often so disappointed when I couldn't do things. I think if we had 
had a more expansive way of thinking about eczema and about my limitations, it might've taken some of that pressure off, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, I think we just didn't really have that awareness. And of course we were kind of prone to some ableist thinking, right? As, mm -hmm. as the culture is. So that's something, um, you know, perhaps in, in hindsight, we might've done differently, but I really think eczema parents are all doing the best they can with what they know, right? Yeah, um, that's for sure. And, and you're all to be credited for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> What's, what do you think the most common myth since you're so involved in the industry? What, what do you think the most common myth is you people hold about eczema as a disease? That's a great question. Um, I think human nature is to seek out two things when it comes to, to diseases, right? We're looking for like a very clear cause and we're looking for like a silver bullet remedy. Yep. And with eczema, it's often a lot more complicated than that. And so um, something that we've learned the hard way is that, um, you know, not all natural products are, um, are equal, right? Mm -hmm. And just because it's natural doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you. Um, I've tried some plant-based stuff that's made me flare like crazy, right? And so really knowing your triggers, really knowing your allergies, I think is really critical. Um, and, and being mindful of what's in your products, right? Really learning how to read labels, learning how to understand ingredients, um, you know, not just assuming that something, because something is natural, um, it's, it's the best. The other thing I think is that we are all, you know, given that we're so eager to assign a cause to eczema, we often go straight to food there's this, this sense that, that food must be the primary trigger. Right. Mm -hmm. And many people go on these really strict and stringent elimination diets and their skin doesn't get any better. And what I've learned about food over the years is that it's, it's a lot more complicated than just, um, you know, dairy and gluten, right? If you of cut course. dairy and gluten, it's probably not going to solve your eczema, maybe for some people, but probably not for everyone. Right. Um, I've gotten to know some really neat dietitians working in the space and, you know, they bring up things like, you know, you may have gut dysbiosis, you may have, um, nutrient, um, yeah, um, imbalances or, or gaps that you need to fill, right. The food mm -hmm. picture to really eat a balanced diet that supports your skin healing is much more complicated than a lot of us think it is. And so if you're going to go to the mountaintop on food, um, I think you're, it would be in your best interest to really work with a dietitian who can help guide you through that journey. Cause sure. it's, it's a lot more than just, you know, eliminating certain groups. Of course, right. The food component is so big and it's so real, but it is something as parents that we have the most control over, like this is what we're taking in day in and day out multiple times a day. So it has a very significant influence, I believe. And what I do preach is following, you know, a, a very non-inflammatory diet for a certain bit of time while you're actively, actively healing. Like if you're in a place where you, you know, you can't partake in those experiences, even knowing like, oh, an extra flare is going to come. Like if you're in a place where it's just bleeding, peeling head to toe eczema on your little baby, they can't go to the pool. They can't go to the pool party. They can't, you know, things like that. Like I want to get people out of that place. And mm -hmm. I think, I think food's a really integral component of that. Can you tell me just as a, 
I'm so curious. And I know we all are because we always want to know what works for, for other people. Like, what does your morning routine or your topical routine look like now? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I tend to actually apply most of my creams in the evening. Um, I find that I like to, you know, take a shower, apply. Um, I still use some prescription topicals. Um, I also use Gladskin, um, which is the company that I, that I work for. Um, and I do, um, I use their eczema cream and I do a lot of that kind of, you know, deep moisturizing and, um, emollient use at night. Um, in the mornings, um, you know, I, I tend to, um, <laughs> I tend to, to roll out of bed and onto the computer cause I work from home. Um, so it's not as, as skincare heavy a routine. Um, in terms of what I do for my eczema now, I think is kind of at the root of your question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when you, um, this is a difference that I've noticed between parents of kids with eczema and people who live with chronic eczema. And that's that parents, like they're willing to go to the mountaintop, right? They're willing to try new stuff, give it a go, see if it works. And when you live with the disease for a long time, it's really easy to get a little bit cynical and even to undertreat yourself, right? To say, okay, I'm accustomed to this, this level of disease. And so whatever, I'm not going to try a new thing, or I'm not going to get excited about a new, you know, a new, a new option in the marketplace. And, you know, by virtue of in the last couple of years, getting involved with the eczema community and, you know, getting, meeting so many people doing really interesting research, getting to know all this science about the skin microbiome through my work at GladSkin, I've gotten a lot more re-energized about trying new things, right? Um, I'm, really, really interested in how can we fix the microbiome, right? The gut microbiome and the skin microbiome, these two bacterial environments in the body that are really in dialogue with the immune system. How can we adapt them so that they are healthier and so that the bacterial imbalances that are part of eczema um, can be remedied, right? So that's a big part of what I'm interested in these days. I also, this is a fun one. I just, um, I went to the National Eczema Association's um, patient conference uh, earlier this summer, and I met a really interesting traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who specializes in in skin conditions and in eczema. And so I just started working with her. So I'm getting like a custom um, Chinese medicine formulation uh vacuum packed herbal packet twice a day for the last week or so. Uh, and we'll see what it does. But um, I think a big part of it is really being open, right? And knowing when it's time to try something new. And, you know, also knowing what is homeostasis for me, right? Like, you know, how can I get my skin to a place where it's not um, or get my child's skin to a place where it's not completely overtaking their life, right? And they can be full participants in the things that they want to do um, without without eczema predominating. And for me, that's really my goal with my eczema. You know, we know there's no cure, right? But we can we can get it under control and we can manage it. And so, um, you know, both in my work and in my um, self care. Uh, this question of the of the microbiome is really of interest to me. One thing my mother never did um, 
was to put me on any uh, systemic treatments like methotrexate or these really kind of heavy duty drugs back then, right? We didn't have Dupixent back then. Um, I haven't gone on it as an adult. Um, it may be an appropriate therapy for some, right? And some of these new drugs, these JAK inhibitors also for people can be real game changers. But for me, I'm I'm interested in finding a way of managing eczema that's a little lower impact, right? And so, um, you know, the skin microbiome is a really interesting place to start to do that kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know, I mean, the only way to reverse eczema is to address the condition both ways from the inside out and, and the outside in, and you work for glad skin. You're the director of brand communications there. I would just love to hear a little bit more of the science about how it helps to heal eczema and maintain that skin microbiome. Yeah, absolutely. This is so interesting. I really, um, when I found out about the company, I I really fell in love with the science because it was an, an approach unlike anything I'd ever heard, right? Um, you know, often the way that we've controlled eczema topically has been with steroids or if it's infected with antibiotics. And these are remedies that are very effective in the short term, but eczema is a long-term disease, right? It's a chronic condition. And so we don't want to over-rely on these therapies. And I think many of us are really on the hunt for something lower impact that's really um, going to, to really steward your skin health over the long haul. What Gladskin does, and this is, it's so interesting. Um, I'm not a scientist, but I'll, I'll explain it as best I can in, um, in normal person language. So Gladskin uses endolysin science. Um, endolysins are enzymes and they're enzymes that are naturally part of the skin microbiome. They've evolved alongside humans for billions of years. So we have a patented endolysin called microbalance. And it mimics these processes um, that are part of a healthy skin environment. Um, it basically acts, I described it the other day as kind of like a hungry Pac-Man, um, kind of bouncing around uh, the bacterial environment in the skin and, and correcting bacterial imbalances. So um, what we know about eczema is that when the when opportunistic bacteria overgrow in the skin microbiome, um, it can drive a flare. We know that people who are prone to eczema have less microbial and bacterial diversity than, than people with healthy skin, right? And so by using endolysin science, we're able to bring balance back to the skin microbiome and create an environment where, where good bacteria can thrive. And I would add that it's a great moisturizer too, right? It's um, it's really minimally formulated. Um, we have an option um, with uh, colloidal oatmeal um, and we have um, a babies and kids option that's oatmeal free, uh, just in the event that your kiddo has an oatmeal allergy. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's, it's tremendously gentle in addition to being pretty effective, which is like a great elixir, right? Like in the world of eczema, like we are all kind of looking, you know, for options that can help move the needle on our skin, but do it in a way that, you know, won't create resistance, won't create side effects. Um, and, and, you know, fits into, into what we want for, for, you know, us or our child or our families. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have been hesitant to use steroids on my kids and, and haven't 
had to go there yet. And which is why, you know, that was the genesis of this podcast is like, there are things that you can do. And it's so helpful to hear that this type of product is available because it can really, really help people get over that hump without having to delve into the steroid world, or if they are there and applying it, you know, maybe we can substitute glad skin instead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think in the grand picture of eczema, there's a role for steroids to play, right? I still use them, but I try really hard to use them sparingly. And, um, you know, I try and extend the window between times that I need them or save them for a flare, right? I can totally understand parents' hesitation. I think that's very real. Um, They've been a go-to in dermatology for decades, but we're only now beginning to understand some of the long-term consequences um, of their use or what happens if you overuse them, right? And so um, it's really nice to have more options. I think a lot of people crave more options and GladSkin, you know, is a, is um, really taking this new approach. So it's a good addition to your toolkit. What's your favorite holistic practice? Like something that just serves your health in, in any way, mind, body, soul, because it's all connected. Just what, is there something else that you do that helps keep your rashes under control? Oh, that's a nice question. Um, I <laughs> sleep, but I do think, you know, eczema can really disrupt sleep. If you're, if you're really itchy, we tend to get itchier at night, right? Because our body temperature goes up. Um, but I find that getting sufficient rest is really critical, um, to skin health. It really makes a big difference. Um, of course I do other things to, to steward my mind, body, and soul. I'm a you know, devoted yoga practitioner. I live in Vermont where it's really beautiful. So I try to get outside regularly. Um, I have gotten back into playing the piano um, after many years away. I'm not very good, but I'm kind of enjoying making a joyful noise. And those moments of um, of release or happiness, right? They really, they really can help you, you know, your your overall overall well being. Absolutely. That's, that's helpful to hear. And I mean, I love what my favorite part about kids is just, they're so naturally attuned to that, right? Like they, they just experience joy in the, in the little, little things every day, all day. They're just my greatest teachers by far in that kind of stuff. As an industry expert and a person experiencing eczema, is there anything else that you'd like for our listeners to know, take away from this conversation? I think, um, you know, I think what I would say to um, to parents is that it does get better, right? Um, you know, your child, they may continue to have eczema. They may not grow out of eczema, but when you equip them with management tools and, you know, the ability to forge their own way in the world, make choices that are in their best interest, um, care for themselves, care for others, then, then it's okay, right? The, the difficulties of that early childhood time, you know, where you're not sleeping well, or you're struggling in school, focusing, or you're getting itchy on the playground. Those are, those are traumas, right? And they are, um, they're very real and they're very difficult, but 
it does get better. And the other thing I would like to remind you is that there's an entire community out there, right? You're not in it alone. Um, so seeking out that community, I think can be really helpful, particularly for caregivers who are, um, you know, who may not remember to care for themselves, right? Parenting a child with eczema is, um, a ton, it's a ton of work. It's a ton of labor. It's a ton of love that you're outpouring, right? And um, so remembering to care for yourself and to seek community when you need it, I think um, is is really important. Um, ultimately, what you're doing um, by virtue of doing that caregiving is equipping your child to be successful in the world. And as somebody who has come through the gauntlet and come out the other side, I, I want to let you know that, that it'll be all right. Um, it's so comforting to hear. It really is. Um, one thing I love to recommend to parents is that when I was growing up, I actually attended the American Academy of Dermatology has, um, a, and several summer camps, um, for children with eczema in a couple of different States. And it's a, it's a resource that they provide. It's free, um, literally free summer camp, not just for kids with eczema, but for kids, kids with other skin conditions too. Um, you have to be recommended by your dermatologist, but I went to that for years and years and years. And for me, it was like a very, um, it was a really powerful way to see how skin conditions impact people's lives, you know, not just eczema, but other conditions. And then also to realize, um, you know, how much we have in common and then to, to put it aside and to really just commit to having a great time together. They have, you know, lots of dermatologists and doctors and nurses on staff to support your kids' skin needs while you're there. Um, it's a very, it was a really helpful community and really helpful for me in developing, you know, some, some confidence and, and agency, um, which I think is something when you grow up with eczema, it can be, can be hard. Hmm. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I actually read a, a story that you have online about one of those experiences and I can't believe something like that exists. So that's really helpful to know. As parents it's so than- fun. Everybody should go. <laughs> and <laughs> it sounds like a great time. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it's free. So this, this is an incredible resource. Thanks so much for letting us know. You're so welcome. I think it's a much more hopeful landscape than it used to be. You know, the science is deepening. We're learning a lot about elements of the disease we didn't understand before, like the skin microbiome. And, you know, eczema doesn't have to rule everybody's life. I think I think we can get to that place. Absolutely. Want to be mindful of your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Such a fun conversation. Sarah did want you to know that they are hosting a giveaway For the first five people who write a five-star rating and review for this podcast, Eczema Kids, on Apple Podcasts, you just go to the show within your app, click on Write a Review, and once you do that, take a screenshot, send it to me at support at eczemakids.com, and we will send you a bottle of this skin-healing, oat-free eczema-safe cream. Take care. You are doing great. Hey, friend. If today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.